ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد when we look at surah tauba in the 40th ayah Allah mentions that when the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was in the cave he said to his companion which we know as Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu an, لا تحزن إن الله معنا Don't worry, Allah is with us. And the element of this phrase that I want to highlight today is the importance of support. Everyone needs support. Everyone needs other people. Everyone needs community. Everybody needs a shoulder to lean on. And at times, everybody needs a shoulder perhaps even to cry on. Everybody needs support. In this moment, the Prophet was not alone, sallallahu alayhi wa When you look before this moment, how did the Prophet prepare? Did he prepare everything for his migration from Mecca to Medina alone? The answer is no. Who did he ask to sleep in his bed in his place? Who did he rely on for support for that critical night? His cousin, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And who did he ask to accompany him during the journey from Mecca to Medina? He didn't go alone. He asked Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq an to accompany him. Anhu. Everyone needs support. Everyone needs other people. So in this moment, the two of them, Sayyidina Abu Bakr and the Prophet wasallam, they're in the cave and... What they had planned on doing was to initially go south because between Mecca and Medina, if you look at a map now, you go north. Their plan to throw off the bounty hunters essentially was to go south and to stay in this cave for a few days. And who helped them when they were in that situation? The daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Sayyidah Asma. She would, she would bring them food and... and they dotted the I's and crossed the T's. And she would cover her tracks and she, every step of the way was very well thought out and well planned out. And you notice the importance of support every step of the way. We can't go it alone. It's too much to go through this life alone in general and especially if somebody is dealing with some kind of challenge, trial, tribulation. It could be losing a loved one. It could be, you name it, you have a thousand different things. Especially when dealing with heavier situations, it's even more critical and more important to have support to rely on. To have other people to rely on. There's a time and a place for sure to rely on family and friends you can trust. And if any of them tell you when you're dealing with whatever heavy tribulation that you have to go through this alone. Nobody can know. You can't tell anyone. With all due respect to whoever that person is, they may have good intentions, but that is wrong. You can't go through it alone. 
Because if you bottle it up and you keep it inside of you and it stays there, it's going to destroy you from the inside out, physically, mentally, spiritually. It's going to erode your physical health, your mental health, and your spiritual health. We all need other people to rely on, and that's okay. No one said we have to go through it alone. The Prophet was not alone in this cave, in this critical moment in human history. The Islamic calendar is based on this journey. Look at how important it was. And even then, as important as it was, the Prophet, he didn't go through it alone, wasallam. When they're in that moment and Sayyidina Abu Bakr tells the Prophet that because they heard the footsteps of some of the people looking for them, there was a price on their head, a very, uh, you know, a very, like you would have hit the lottery basically had you been the one to capture them. There was a fortune in connection with capturing them. So these people, they weren't just lackadaisically looking. They, they were really trying to do the best job they could to get their hands on them. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr, he hears their footsteps and he hears them talking outside. And he whispers to the Prophet that if any one of them, if they just look down at their feet, they're going to see us. Now his main concern is the safety of the Prophet more so than himself, That's his primary concern. So he's worried, and he mentions to the Prophet, if any of them look down, they're going to see us. And we're done. We, there's nowhere that we can go, there's nothing that we can do. And the Prophet tells him, what do you think of two, and Allah is their third? What do you think of two, and Allah is their third? And he told him, لا تحزن إن الله معنا. Don't worry, Allah is with us. Don't worry, Allah. What's, what's amazing about this, the Prophet is the one who you would expect to probably be the most afraid. But it was actually the opposite. And you find this time and time again in the seerah. Ironically, he's the one comforting Sayyidina Abu Bakr who's worried for the Prophet's safety and the Prophet is telling him, don't worry, Allah's going to take care of us. And Allah took care of them. But you notice during this, this brief story, there's a need to rely on other people for different things. There's a need for that support. In that specific story, yes, you have specific types of support. The cousin of the Prophet, Sayyidina Ali, sleeping in his bed. Sayyidina Abu Bakr accompanying the Prophet. Sayyidina Asma bringing them nourishment, bringing them what they needed when they were in that little cave. They also had a guide when they finally did embark on their journey to go north to Medina. They, they did everything they could. And you notice this consistently throughout the life of the Prophet, if there's a need for support, then he would reach out for support. If there is a need to ask someone to do something, he would ask them to do something. When, when the, 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 the Muslims were given this gift of adhan, the Prophet theoretically could have given it himself. It would have been the best adhan ever. But he asked Sayyidina Bilal to call adhan. Time and time and time again, you find the Prophet asking people to step up, asking people to get involved. He didn't try to do everything himself, sallallahu alayhi wa even though he had the strength of 40 people, 
even though he had the capacity of 40 people, even though the Prophet is the Prophet but he's also teaching us different lessons through his decisions, through his choices, through his choice making Everyone needs support. What was the response of the mother of another one of the greatest prophets and messengers ever, Prophet Musa when he's a baby? And there's this intense pressure that his mother's dealing with because he was born in one of the years when Fir'aun was basically killing all of the baby boys of Bani Israel. Initially, he had his dream and he got the interpretation and the, the meaning of it was that one of the sons of Bani Israel, they're, they're going to take your kingdom from you. So his response was bloody murder, unfortunately. So he decided to just kill all of the male babies from Bani Israel. But then, you know, the upper class came to him and said, look, you know, we can't do this manual labor. They're the lower class. If you go and kill all of their male population, you know, in the future, who's going to do the manual labor that, that we don't want to do it? We still need these slaves. We still need something from them. So even then, look at, look at their interest. They're not concerned that this tyrant is going and, and killing innocent babies left and right. They only have their selfish interests. Don't destroy the working class because we need them to do the labor for us. That was their main concern. SubhanAllah, their main concern was economic as opposed to ethical. That, that was why they submitted that request. And Fidaun said, okay, you have a valid request. SubhanAllah, look, look, at, look at the priorities. Everything was focused on the economic situation, but what about the ethical situation? What about even one innocent person being killed, much less a baby, but then you have thousands upon thousands? What were the priorities? So Fir'aun decided, okay, I'm going to make it every other year. One year, all the male children, they're going to be killed, and then one year, they're, they're going to be allowed to survive, so we can still maintain some type of crop, so to speak, for the working class. So Prophet Musa's older brother, Harun salam, he was born in a safe year, but then when Prophet Musa was born, it was in a dangerous year, so to speak. So his mother's dealing with this incredible amount of stress and worry. Imagine what she's going through. Through the pregnancy, she has to try to somehow keep a pregnancy secret from, from everyone, basically, other than those in her immediate circle, how, subhanallah, imagine the pressure. How can you cover up your symptoms? How can you, how can you keep things quiet? And then when it comes to childbirth, how can you do so in a way that doesn't even alert your neighbor or, 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 or those passing by? Think of the, the incredible amount of stress and pressure that she's dealing with primarily out of concern for this baby. She survives through the pregnancy. She and the baby survive through the delivery. And then the baby ends up in the basket, and, and we know the story, the basket ends up going down the river. What did she do? And I want to tie this in with the importance of support. And this is really incredible when you think about it, especially when you tie it in. It's a side point, but when you tie it in with the potential of the youth, this story also teaches us that. There are many lessons we can take from it. What was her response? Does she bottle it up and not tell anyone anything? Maybe she could have because of how much pressure there was in the situation. But she told 
Prophet Musa's sister, وَقَالَتْ لِأُخْتِهِ قُصِي She reached out for support. She told her daughter, follow him. And there are some reports that mention she was like 10 or 12 years old at the time. She ended up saving the life of her brother who would grow up to become one of the greatest prophets, messengers, people in human history. Who played a direct role in saving his life? A young woman. Someone, some would say a kid. Given the age. But then when, when you look at what she did and how pivotal her role was, subhanAllah, and you find the intelligence in her, in this, in this girl at this time, it's incredible. She didn't just follow him, she followed him in a very discreet way and she was very intelligent. And then when Prophet Musa salam, when this baby would not suckle, would not latch on to any of the wet nurses, she very intelligently and strategically suggests anonymously, you know, I, I know this one lady, she might be the right person, maybe she can help. She didn't give it away that she was the sister of this baby. She didn't give it away that her mother was the woman she was referring to. So the, the mother of Prophet Musa reached out for support and relied on her daughter. And her daughter came through and her daughter stepped up to the plate. Knocked the ball out of the park. Com- complete grand slam. Save the day. But what, what was the, the step that I want to emphasize that the mother took? She reached out for help. She asked someone to help her. She relied on somebody else. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم The last example that I want to give in connection with the need, the importance of relying on others, reaching out for support Look at the example of the mother of Sayyidah Maryam Sayyidah Maryam's father, Imran, passed away before she was born. So she was born as an orphan, she grew up as an orphan. Who was the the main male figure to help out? It was her uncle, Sayyidina Zakariya. Her mother didn't try to do everything herself. There was also a need to rely on on someone else and, and you find this common theme that it takes a village it takes a village it takes a village none of us can go it alone nobody is an island we need people we need community we need others there's a time for friends and family for support but there's also a heightened time when there's a need to speak to a counselor to speak to a therapist especially the more severe the issue you can't just go to a friend or family member no matter how kind and compassionate their soul may be, if they don't have the requisite training, naturally they're not going to have these specific skills needed to help out in that type of situation. So thankfully there are experts, but people have to be willing to reach out to those experts. And confidentiality is the name of the game. Your information isn't going to be leaked anywhere. No one is going to say anything to anyone. By law, there, there has to be that confidentiality present, and it is present. 
a good starting point, whether someone is struggling with their teenager, whether someone has a family member who's struggling with suicidal thoughts, whether somebody is going through a divorce, whether somebody has lost a loved one, whether someone is just really struggling with loneliness, a good place to start is to reach out to Mass SSF, Mass Social Services Foundation. They're local, they're here in Sacramento, they have a team of diverse counselors from different backgrounds, different cultures, ethnicities, who speak different languages. It's a good starting point to start there, to reach out to a peer counselor, speak to someone about something. It's too much to bottle it up and, and to go through it alone. If you're already speaking to a licensed therapist, then continue doing that. If you're on the, the verge of thinking about doing it, then take this as your sign to reach out and do it. Schedule that appointment. Take that step. Especially if it's a severe, severe challenge, a severe case of trauma, some type of trial or tribulation. Everyone needs support. The Prophet relied on people for support. The mother of Musa relied on people for support. And the mother of Sayyidah Maryam also relied on people for support. We ask Allah for His support in this life and the next. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us and to protect us. We ask Allah to turn any and all of any hardships that we, that we may be going through into ease. We ask Allah to facilitate all of our situations for anyone who's struggling with anything, especially anything internal, anything emotional, anything psychological. We ask Allah to facilitate that situation and to turn the darkness into light, to turn the hardship into ease. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Uh, a quick announcement before concluding, uh, Mass SSF is conducting a Help Afghan Refugees Adapt to Life in the, in the United States Awareness Workshop workshops on Saturday, sorry, Friday, January 28th in English, Dari, Farsi, and Pashto. You will receive a $25 gift card for attending the 30-minute workshop. You must register in advance for more information. Please visit their table at the entrance door. The main thing for all of us to take away from this brief reminder for myself first and foremost we all need other people. We need to rely on other people and we need to rely on the right people. We ask Allah to help us to do so. We ask Allah for tawfiq. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasna wa fi al-akhirati hasna wa kan adhab al-nar. Rabbana la tu'akhidna inna sina au akhtatna. Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamaltahu ala alladhina min qablina. Rabbana wa la tuhammilna ma la taqata lana bihi wa'afu anna 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 wa